And so this weekend, we're celebrating Labor Day weekend. And, uh, and so we, it was originally, I don't know if you know the history behind Labor Day weekend, but it was originally a holiday to recognize this thing called the American Labor Movement and, uh, and to celebrate the workers and the contributions of the, and the works of the laborers uh, in the United States. And so they took a day to celebrate that. And, uh, and unofficially, though, if you think about Labor Day, Labor Day has become a marker if you will, or a sign for the things that are happening in the, in, the, in, the, in the seasons. And so oftentimes when we think of Labor Day, we think of the end of summer, right? Now, if you're a purist, and some of you are, I know that like later on in September is the official day of spring, uh, I mean, of fall. But, um, but for many of us, Labor Day marks the end of summer. It also uh, is a time uh, when school starts, right? Like for many of us, we grew up and we would get out of school on Memorial Day and start school after Labor Day. And uh, it's a time for school to start. Uh, For all of us that love football, we know that Labor Day weekend is always the first weekend of college football. And uh, I don't know if anyone's excited about that, but uh, Florida Gators beat the number seventh ranked team in the nation yesterday. And uh, Wildcats won some school for the blind, so uh, it was good. Um, it's also Labor Day is always the middle of the U.S. Open, and I don't know if you got to see Serena Williams play her last game, last match. It was amazing. Uh, and, uh, and it's also, uh, for those of you that don't know, the last acceptable day to wear white, so I wore my white shoes today. And uh, so um, for you fashionistas out there, and for many of you, it's also like the last, uh, one last vacation, one last vacation of summer, a time to catch our breath before the busyness of fall happens. Um, For others, it's a reminder of how tired we are, right? And how we need a day off to rest. And I wonder, is anyone tired? Like anyone like exhausted already? Uh, Some of you are really tired. And uh, and so anyone running on empty, right? Like anyone feeling like they're running on empty? Some of you feel that way. Um, and, uh, and so uh, anyone wondering how they got on the busy bus and if they'll ever get off the busy bus? Anyone feel like that? Like they're stuck on the busy bus? Um, some of you may feel like that. The rest of you are lying and that's okay. Um, but many of us are barely making it. And, uh, and, I, and, and, and oftentimes when people say, how are you doing? You're like, we're making it. We're making it. And, uh, and, and, we, and we're saying to ourselves, there has to be more to life right? There has to be more to life than just making it. And I think that God would agree with that statement. There's definitely more to life than just making it. And I think God would tell us, yes, that he has so much more for us than to just make it in life. Like, I think God wants you to hear this this morning, that he wants you to hear that I want you to be satisfied. That he hears, I want you to be uh, living life to the fullest. And maybe, maybe you need to hear that this morning, that there is more to life than just making it. And so this is where we're going today. And, and let me just sum up as we talk about rest. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, we wrapped up Contagious last week, and uh, we've been sneezing on people all month. It's been good. Every time you sneeze, you're like, oh, i got to be contagious. But today, I want us to talk about rest, because I'm thinking Labor Day is a great weekend to talk about rest, because we're often reminded, ah, I get a day off tomorrow, because, and I can rest. I can sleep in. I don't have to worry about going to work tomorrow for many of us. And, and so let me just sum up where we're going today with this phrase. I want to show it to you. It's up on the screen uh, here in a minute. And it says, God provides a rhythm that restores our souls, relieves the tension of work, and brings balance to our lives. That there's this rhythm that God created for us called rest. And the purpose of it is to relieve the tension of work, 
Like many of us live in this tension of work and play and work uh, often creeps into our time of rest. And so God gave us this rhythm so that it would relieve the tension of work and that it would bring balance to our lives. And if we're honest, many of us are living our lives out of balance. And for many of us, work is encroaching or it is, is creeping in on our rest lives. And so, so that's where we're going today. And this is what God wants for you. Like, I want you to know that this right here is what God wants for you. He wants you to be at peace. He wants you to be satisfied. He wants you to have balance in your life. And, and so now as we read in Luke chapter 6, and we're going to be hanging out there, so if you have your Bibles or the Bible app, uh, you want to open up to Luke chapter 6, we will see that there's already some tension going on between Jesus and the Pharisees. And, and this, is, this is common. If you've been around church for any amount of time, you know that there was this tension between Jesus and the religious leaders of the time. And, and you're going to see this right away in our passage this morning. So if you have your Bibles, Luke chapter 6, we're going to look at verses 1 and 2 real quick. And, and here's what it says. It says, uh, it's on the screen, it says, one Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields and his disciples began to pick some heads of grain and rub them in their hands and eat the kernels. And and, uh, can we go to the next slide? And some of the Pharisees asked, why are you doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? And so disciples and Jesus, they're walking. It's a Sabbath day. They're going through the grain field. They're hungry. They grab some uh, heads of the, of the wheat, and they begin to rub it in their hands, and then they begin to eat it, and the, and the Pharisees call them out on it. And to get the full weight of what's happening here, you've got to understand some things. And, and you've got to know, uh, if you're going to know what's about to happen as we continue to unpack this passage, you have to understand some context around the word Sabbath. Everybody say Sabbath. So Sabbath was an important day, and if you don't understand the word Sabbath, you're going to miss out on what's about to happen and how this is such a big deal, that what Jesus is about to do and what Jesus is about to say is such a big deal, not just for the people then, but also for us today. And so let's just take a closer look at the word Sabbath. Where does it come from? What does it mean? And, uh, and first, uh, like I said, Sabbath, you have to know this, that it used to be a big deal. Sabbath really was an important part of the rhythm of the life of the Jewish people. It was something that God created. And it was something not that just God created for the Israelites, but it's something that God created for us. And here's the the idea behind Sabbath. It simply means one day of every week set aside for God. Like that's what Sabbath means. One day of every week set aside for God. And so they would work for six days and then they would rest on the seventh day. They would cease from working. They would do no work and they would do something else. They would delight in God. They would worship him. They would spend a full day worshiping and bringing glory to God. And it became, the Sabbath became a day of restoration. It became a day not only to take a nap, but it became a day of restoring your souls. And this rhythm is actually found in the first pages of the Bible, in the creation story. It's the passage that I read to our kids today, and I'm going to read it again. And we see that God himself, the one that created the universe, models for you and for me what the Sabbath is and this idea of Sabbath. And so in Genesis, if you go back to Genesis chapter 2 and look at verses 1 through 3, here's what it says. It says, thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all of their vast array. So God has created everything. And then it says, by the seventh day, God had finished the work that he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested. Everybody say rested. 
says, on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day, and check this out, he made it holy, because on it he rested, say rested, he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. And so here's what's going on. God created everything in six days. And then on the seventh day, he rested. And maybe you're reading that and you're like, rested? Like, what? God was tired? I mean, did God really get tired? Did he throw his back out, filling up the oceans with water? I mean, did he, did he get winded, speaking the earth into existence? God, why would God rest? And it's not like us. Like, God didn't get tired. Uh, it's not like when we're tired and we need to rest. Like, you know that, what that feels like. Like, when we fall through the door on Friday night after a long week, and all we want to do is put on our pajamas and sit on the couch and, and veg in front of the TV. And, and that's not what's happening here. Like, when God rested, that's, it wasn't because God was tired. And I think this is the essence behind what it means to rest, at least in God's eyes, that for God to rest was to be satisfied, that to rest meant to be satisfied. God took a deep breath. He looked at all that he had done, and he was like, yes, it is good, and he was satisfied, and he was rested, meaning he created everything. He saw that it was good, and he looked around, and he was like, wow, well done, and he was satisfied. And, 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 and so have you ever done this? I bet you have. You just don't know it. But maybe you've been working in the backyard, right? Or maybe, maybe you did some landscaping. So like for me, uh, I experienced this uh, last week. Uh, um, we have a riverbed, and, uh, and it, it grew over six feet tall. I mean, my knee got all busted up, and so I couldn't get out there, and I couldn't do what I wanted to do. And so it all grew up like over my head. And I went out there and I was like, I'm going to do this. And I cleared this entire back uh, part of our house, this riverbed, uh, this part right before the river. And, and, uh, and I cleared it all out and I got it all clean and, and it's mowed and it looks nice. And I looked at it and I, and I remember taking a deep breath and I was like, this is good. And I, and I felt rested. I felt satisfied. Because I accomplished it. I felt so satisfied. I, like, I FaceTimed my mom and I said, hey, look at what I did. I was like proud. I, was, I, was, I sent pictures to uh, Sean and to uh, Craig McGlone here because they were like, ah, what are, you can't do that because you're from Florida. You know? and, and so I like, texted to them and showed them what I did. And, and, uh, and I was like so proud, but I was satisfied with what I did. And I, 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 was, I, I could rest because that wasn't hanging over my head. And see, you can only truly rest when you're satisfied. And you know this, you know this to be true, and that's what God is saying here, to rest is to be satisfied. God didn't have to stop, but he did. He stopped because he was satisfied with what he had accomplished. And so he creates this rhythm of rest into the cycle of creation. Six days he worked, the seventh day he rested. And then he takes it a step further, though. Like, God doesn't stop there. He makes it one of the Ten Commandments, right? Like, so in the Ten Commandments, it says to remember the Sabbath. It's one of the things that, that, that the Israelites knew that they had to do. And here's kind of how it went down. That, that God rescued his people from Egypt. And after being in slavery for 400 years, he sets them free. And then he begins this really special covenant relationship with them. He says, hey, you're going to be my people. And you're going to be my people for the rest of, of the world. And you're special to me. And we're going to have this relationship. And, and so then he, in doing so, he says, I'm going I'm to give you 10 super fly rules 
rules to live by. And I'm going to give you these rules to live by so that you can have the best life. Like if you'll just follow these 10 rules, that you will have life and you will have it to its fullest. And one of those 10 rules was to remember the Sabbath and to keep it holy. Because God knew in creation this rhythm started of rest and he knew that we needed rest. And so he incorporated this idea of Sabbath into the Ten Commandments. And not only was Sabbath built into creation, but now it's in community. It's how we are to live with one another. And it was a rhythm of life that you would work seven days, six days, but on the seventh day, you would rest. And God knew it was so good for us to rest. Even though you may not understand it, he's like, he's like, even though you may not understand it, I'm going to command it. So you don't miss out on what I'm trying to do because rest is so important and so good. And it's no secret. It's no secret for us that we need rest, right? Like we know that we need rest. We know, that on, we know this on some level with sleep. We know that our bodies need sleep. And here's a fun fact for you, that if you live to be 90 years old, you will have roughly spent 30 years of those 90 years sleeping. Did you know that? Like, that's crazy to think of, but 30 of those 90 years will be uh, spent sleeping. And so we need rest. Your bodies tell you when you need rest. And, and we need, studies say that we need eight hours of sleep. Now, some of you are like, oh, I can go on five hours. I can do it in three. And I'm like, why show up? You need eight hours of sleep. And some of you are like, I need more. And some of you are like, I need at least 12 hours of sleep a night. And I'm like, 12 hours? Like, are you a cat or something? You don't need 12 hours, but you need eight hours of sleep because rest is needed for our physical bodies to rejuvenate, to restore everything that's going on in our bodies. We need that sleep. And the same idea is here for the Sabbath. But more than physical sleep and more than rejuvenating our physical bodies, Sabbath offers a spiritual restoration. It, it restores our soul. And, and people of Israel knew it. And actually, the people of Israel would look forward to Sabbath. Like, they couldn't wait for Sabbath to happen. It was a day without working, yes, but it was so much more. Like, I love this idea. It was a day of feasting on the best foods. When you would, original Sabbath, they would get together and they would have these huge meals and they wouldn't just do it with just the four of them and the family. They would invite people over. And they would have these huge meals and feasts. It was a day of worship. Yeah, it was a day that they went to worship. It was a day to remember how far that God had brought them right out of slavery. But it was also a day to remember the promise that he made, that he would never leave them. So the Jewish people, they looked forward to a day of Sabbath. But now, as we look in Luke chapter 6... We get this idea that Sabbath has become something very different. And, and by the time we get here, uh, we realize that Sabbath has kind of lost its beauty. Sabbath has kind of lost its, its, uh, its effect on people. In an effort to protect it, the Pharisees, decide, they, they put all these laws, all these rules, if you will, around the Ten Commandments. And so there was Ten Commandments, and they, they, they expanded, and it became like 663 different laws. And, and so the Pharisees did this, and, and that's why they're coming for Jesus in Luke chapter 6. And, and, and when he's walking through a field, and they eat a bit of grain, and they yell at him. And they're like, that's work, and why are you breaking the law, right? They're like, why are you breaking the Sabbath? 
And now, now the Pharisees, just to be honest, they catch a lot of heat for this, for calling Jesus out, for taking a good thing like the Sabbath and messing it up. But I, I just want you to know, and I think we missed this, but their intentions, their intentions were good. The Pharisees' intentions were really good. They loved and they appreciated Sabbath and they appreciated God's law so much that they were just trying to do their best to protect it. And so they allowed their humanness to get in the way. And they create all these laws to protect God's uh, religious activities to affect uh, these celebrations. And so thank you so much, Addie. She drew me a picture. Yes. So, all right. So, um, so they, I'll put it on my refrigerator. So, um, so they build this fence around God's law and they filled it with so many more rules to protect in hopes that it would keep people close. Like the, the intentions were to keep people close to God's law, but it actually did the exact opposite. Like when they build the fence around God's law with all these little rules, it actually kept people out. And that's what we're seeing here. And their efforts to keep everyone close, it has alienated so many people. And they're no longer enjoying Sabbath. They're no longer enjoying the rest that God wanted for all of his people because they put all these rules on it. And so they were missing the spirit of Sabbath and what it was created to do. And Jesus calls them out on it. And here's what they, they say. Why are you breaking the laws? And look at what Jesus says in verse 3. It says, Jesus answered them, have you never, have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry, he entered the house of God and taking consecrated bread, he ate it, which was only lawful for priests to eat. And he also gave some to his companions. Then Jesus said to them, the son of man is the Lord of the Sabbath. And so they try to stop him. The Pharisees are getting on to Jesus and they're trying to give him a hard time. And Jesus is like, listen, y'all are so far off. Like you're missing the point and you don't even know it. And then he calls on David. He says, remember David. And they knew David. David was a famous king. And they knew him. And they knew all about him. And he tells the story of an instance in David's life when he's running for his life. And he and his buddies are hungry. And they break into the house of God. They break into the temple. And they take this sacred bread. This bread that was only meant for the priests to eat. And they eat it. And, and, and Jesus says, you remember that? You remember when David did that? And he goes, and what did God do? He says, God didn't condemn them for what David did. He didn't scold them. And Jesus is trying to invite the Pharisees, like Jesus tried over and over again to invite them into a conversation, a bigger conversation of what was really going on to help them understand who he was. He's trying to get them to see that the Sabbath and other ceremonial laws that they put in, in, in the place, they were just placeholders, that they were just there as signs to point to something greater, that the Sabbath was there created by God, but it was pointing to someone who was going to come and give them rest. It foreshadowed something even better. And Jesus takes it a step further. He's like, and what these signs are pointing to, he's like, y'all are missing it, but what these signs are pointing to is me. Like, it's about me. I'm here. You're fussing about us eating some food and I want you to know that I'm the Lord over everything. And he says, I'm even the Lord of the Sabbath. And so what basically Jesus is saying is like, hey, y'all check it out. I am God. Like, here's my identification. I'm God. I am him. I'm the one that you've been looking for. And, and the only way that you're going to experience true rest is through me. And that's why I'm here. 
That's why I've come, so that you might experience true rest. And I love that. I love that Jesus makes this bold claim. I love that he tells them, I'm God. I'm the Lord of the Sabbath. But as we read on, we see that Jesus doesn't only tell them that he's the Lord of the Sabbath, but he proves it to them. Because here's what it says in verse 6. It says, on another Sabbath. So I love that Dr. Luke, who wrote this, he's like, we're going to keep going on the Sabbath thing. He's like, on another Sabbath, he went into the synagogue and was teaching. And a man was there whose right hand was shriveled. And the Pharisees and the teachers of the law were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus. So they watched him closely to see if he would heal on the Sabbath because it was against the law. It was against the rules to heal on the Sabbath. And so just think about how much the Pharisees are missing. Like Jesus, the Messiah, is right in front of them. And he's like, listen, you search the scriptures for me. You're looking for me. You try so hard, and here I am. I'm right in front of you. I'm here. And all the Pharisees can think about is trying to get Jesus backed into a corner. Like they're just trying to find a way to get rid of him. And verse 8 goes on and says, but Jesus knew, right? But Jesus knew. So think about this. When you think you can get away from things, just remember that phrase, but Jesus knew. And it says, but Jesus knew what they were thinking. And he said to the man with shriveled hand, get up and stand in front of everyone. So he got up, the man with the shriveled hand got up and stood there. Then Jesus said to them, I ask you, which is lawful on the Sabbath, to do good or to do evil, to save life or to destroy it? And I just want you to imagine in that moment, a pin, you could hear a pin drop. Everything probably gets silent because there's only one way that you can answer the question that Jesus asked. And, 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 the, and the Pharisees knew that if they answered that question, that there's no way that they can be upset about Jesus healing this guy. And Jesus goes on, though. He doesn't stop there. In verse 10, he says, he looked around at them all. And another translation, it says it looked at, he looked at them one at a time, eye to eye. He looked at them one at a time, eye to eye. And then he said to the man, he said, hey, stretch out your hand. And he did so, and the hand was completely restored. That's it. The Pharisees, that was like overboard for them. That was like the last straw. And you might be thinking, well, wouldn't they get it by then? Like they're having church and Jesus heals a man in the middle of church. And that should be an amazing thing. And everybody should be standing up and celebrating and giving God the glory because they healed a man. And there's the Pharisees in the back of the church, you know, putting their, their arms crossed and they're tapping their feet and they're angry and they're turning red in their face and they're completely missing this amazing moment where Jesus heals this man. And then verse 11, here's what it says. You would think they would be excited about it, but it says, but the Pharisees and the teacher of the law were furious and began to discuss with one another what they might do to Jesus. And this isn't a cute, like, what are we going to do with the dog when it chews up your slippers? It's not that kind of, what are we going to do with you? This is a serious, how are we going to get rid of him? They're like, what are we going to do? How are we going to take his life? How are we going to get rid of Jesus? And there's this amazing thing that happens right in front of them, and they are missing it. They're not seeing who Jesus is. They're not seeing what Jesus came to do. And I think a lot of us, can, can kind of get there, but we're in a different place than the Pharisees. Like the Pharisees, they miss. They miss who Jesus was. They miss this life-giving rest that he provided uh, as the Lord of the Sabbath because they had all these rules. They miss who Jesus was because he didn't match up to the 663 different rules. But we, in 2022, we miss 
the Lord of the Sabbath, and we miss it because the signs and the fences and the rules have been long gone. And we don't even know that this is what God wants for us. Like we never talk about the Sabbath. It's a Ten Commandment. You may have memorized it if you went to church as a kid, but we never talk about this day of rest. And we're often like, what's the Sabbath? Like a whole day? I got to stop for an entire day? Like for some of you, that's stress inducing to think about stopping for an entire day. And, And so both of us are on opposite sides of it, but we're both missing that the Sabbath, is important, and that God is the God of rest. And so let's look today, just real quick, we're going to look as we wrap up, I want to look at what the Sabbath is and how we can bring it back into our lives. Because here's what I know, I learned this a long time ago, that that Sabbath is such an important part of the rhythm of our lives. And uh, and it, it restores our souls, it really does. It's restoring our souls, it relieves the tension of work, and it does bring balance to our lives. And so the first thing that I'll say about it is this, and you're probably already thinking it, do I have to? Like you probably already asked yourself the question, I know where this is going, he's going to ask me to give up a day, do I have to? And to which I would say, uh, you know, you might be thinking, do I have to do this ancient practice? Like, I mean, when Jesus came, didn't he like get rid of all that stuff? Like we don't have to do any of that stuff anymore. And it's true in a sense that Jesus really fulfilled the Sabbath, meaning we don't have to do it to stay in right standing with God. Like if we don't do the Sabbath, that doesn't mean that we're gonna go to hell or anything. So it's true in that way. Uh, But do I have to? That question, it actually comes up a lot in the New Testament. Like people are often asking the question when Paul would talk about things, they'd be like, well, Paul, do do we have to do this? Like, do we have to? I mean, people would write him and they would ask him, hey, do we have to keep all these rules now? Like, like now that we're following the way, now that we're following Jesus, do we have to keep all these rules? Do we have to keep these Jewish ceremonies that, that were going on? Um, do we really have to, does it really apply to us anymore? And Paul would answer, no. He's like, you don't have to keep them, but, but you could. He's like, you don't have to do the Sabbath, but but you could, and there, there are very few things, I think Paul would tell us, there's few, very few things that Jesus commanded us to do. There are the big ones, like he told us to love God with everything that you have, and he told us to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. Like those are the big things that God called us to do. But outside of that, everything else is how we live a life that helps us to do those things. Like everything else that Jesus talks about is helping us to live a life that loves God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and to love our neighbor as ourselves. But wouldn't it strengthen your faith? Like think about it. If you would practice the Sabbath, like wouldn't it strengthen your faith? I think think it would. And if it does strengthen our faith, wouldn't you want to do it? Like wouldn't you want to do something, practice something that would strengthen your faith? I'd be like, yeah. Like, let's do it. I'm all in. Let's take God at his word and, and, and say maybe there's something here we can learn from the Sabbath. And the early church actually embraced the Sabbath. They embraced it fully. And, and the original Sabbath was, uh, if, you're, if you've ever been in a Jewish community, uh, they still practice this today. Sabbath begins on Friday night and ends on Saturday night. It's a 24-hour thing. And, uh, and, and, but after Jesus rose from the dead, they came around and they said, hey, How about, the Christians said, how about we move it to Sunday? Like, how about we do that? Because that's the day Jesus rose from the grave, uh, defeating sin and death. And so why can't we practice Sabbath on Sunday? And they're like, let's do this. They're like, let's let's give it a shot. And, And let's invite everyone 
to come together and throw a huge party. They're like, I'm going to invite my best friends, you invite your family, and everyone's going to get together, and we're going to break a little bread together, and, and, and we're going to celebrate God all day long. And you know what that was called? Church. It was called church. And 2,000 years later, we're still doing the same thing. We're still celebrating God for who he is and all that he offers. The sad thing is we do it from 11 to 12, or we do it from 9.30 to 10.30. They did it for 24 hours. So do we have to? No, you don't have to. But wouldn't it help? Like, wouldn't it help to begin to incorporate Sabbath into the rhythm of your life? I mean, I can't see how it wouldn't help. Now, I'm not an expert on the Sabbath, and I want you to know that. I haven't perfected it. Uh, I've practiced it. I try, uh, and, and I'm not always good at it. But I think there's some things that we can take away from the Sabbath. And here's just real quick th things as we wrap up. First one is this, that it was designed for 24 hours. It was designed to be 24 hours of rest. That's what you see in creation. That's what you see in the Ten Commandments. That's what the church, the first century church, practiced. And there's something about it because rest does come from a certain rhythm or cycles. Like, it would be like, there's a difference between say, saying, I'm going to take eight one-hour naps, then I'm going to get eight hours of sleep, right? There's a difference there. And the same thing is true for Sabbath. One will give you more life than the other. So if we practice it, just know that it was designed to be 24 hours. The second thing about Sabbath is this, and this is huge, that Sabbath is a day of worship, not a day off. It's a day of worship, not a day off. There's a place for a day off, and we call that Saturday for many of us. There's a place for a day off, but there is something different about Sabbath. It's not a day to catch up on everything that you didn't get done the rest of the, the previous week. That's not what Sabbath is. The idea of Sabbath is to stop. The idea of Sabbath, it's literally what the word means, to cease from working, to stop working, to stop from all work. It's also a day to stop thinking about work, and it's also a day to stop worrying about work. You see, Sabbath is where God really begins to do his best work in us. That's why coming together on Sunday mornings is so important, because it's where God like primes the pump to do his best work in us the rest of the week. It's healing. I don't know if you know this, but Sabbath is healing, it's restorative, it's life-giving, and the best things that we can experience are found in rest. God amps, ramps up our creativity. God ramps up our patience. God ramps up our joy when we practice Sabbath. And then finally, Sabbath doesn't mean I'm ready to stop. It means I'm ready to surrender. It doesn't mean I'm going to stop. I'm just going to put everything down and stop with an attitude of, I'm not going to do it. It's an attitude of surrender. It's an attitude of, uh, uh, I'm not just, doesn't mean just because I finished all my work that I'm ready to stop and rest. It's a small moment of surrender every week. It's no matter what still needs to be done, uh, you put it away. And you say, you know what? I'm going to surrender everything to God. I'm going to give it to him, every part of it, and, and I'm going to trust that he knows what's best. So I'm just going to put it, even if I didn't finish it, I'm going to put it to the side. And as we surrender, we have to trust. We have to trust that God is going to give us something better than what we're putting aside, that God is going to take care of us. And what could it look like for you? Think about this. What could Sabbath look like for you? A day to stop and to dedicate it to God to give God 24 hours of your week 
Maybe you could shut everything down for 24 hours. What would that look like? Maybe you could shut down your emails for 24 hours. Maybe you could turn off your phones or your notifications for 24 hours. Maybe you could turn off the alarm, right? And just wake up whenever your body wakes up to slowly move around uh, the house and just be quiet with God. Maybe open up your Bibles and read a psalm. What would it look like? Maybe you could cook your favorite meal on Sabbath and invite over some friends and family and just have a good time enjoying a meal together. I love that idea. I love the idea of coming together and just enjoying each other because that's what Sabbath is. It's not a day of rules. It's a day of rest and it's a day to enjoy and a day to be enjoyed. And here's the deal. It takes work. And I want you to hear this. It takes work to bring things to a halt. It's hard. Like when you try the Sabbath, you're going to be like, this is hard work, Pastor Rick. Like it's hard to stop and to put things aside and just enjoy God and enjoy family. But that's what Sabbath is. And, and, and listen, either we find rest, either we find rest. We got this bed up here. Either we find rest or our bodies will find it for us with burnout and with sickness. And maybe you're like, gosh, I wish I could, but I can't do that. Like, I'm so far behind. Like, I'll get even further behind. Maybe, maybe, maybe you will, but then maybe it doesn't keep, maybe, maybe if you try it, you'll understand that it doesn't really keep you from something. It's better than what that something was. It brings you something better. Like, my experiences with Sabbath have been this, that it brings me fresh ideas. It brings me creativity. It brings me patience. It brings me things that I never imagined. You see, church, here's what I want you to hear about the Sabbath, is that you will find rest, and maybe, even maybe, you'll find yourself in a better place than you were before you started Sabbath, because you'll find a supernatural rest that can only be experienced with the Lord of the Sabbath. So here's what I'm inviting you to do this week. I know this is like a weird conversation, like we don't talk about rest, we don't talk about Sabbath very much. But I'm inviting you to give Sabbath a try. And maybe you're like, I can't do 24 hours. That's fine. Try four hours. Start with four hours. Say, you know what? This Sunday, we're going to do four hours of Sabbath. I'm going to turn off the phone. I'm going to turn off the emails. We're going to turn off the TV. We're going to have a meal together. We're going to go to church together, have a meal together, and enjoy it. We're just going to do four hours. And then maybe you'd be like, you know what? Next month, we're going to amp it up. And we're going to try six hours. And just start building it into your daily rhythm of Sunday. Say maybe like it's Saturday at, at, at midnight, you turn stuff off and you don't open it. You don't open it up or start it again until Sunday at midnight and get to that place. Because here's what I know. I know that God has placed this rhythm in our lives for a purpose. He's done it since the very beginning of time because he knew, he knew that you would need rest. So let me just ask you, how will you begin? How will you begin to incorporate Sabbath into your daily life? Here's my challenge for you. And you may be here and you may be like, I'm, this is my first time at church. Y'all are talking about some weird word called Sabbath. Just hang in there. Like, no, Jesus loves you. And I want you to know that. But he loves you enough to give you Sabbath. He loves you enough to give you rest. He wants you to incorporate rest into your daily rhythm. So look at this thing one more time. God provides a rhythm, that's Sabbath that restores our souls, believes, relieves the tension of work,
brings balance back to your lives. So I don't know where you are in your life. I would venture to guess that a lot of you are like, I'm just making it. Like, I'm so tired of just making it. I feel like I'm always just trying to catch up. You need Sabbath. You need rest. You need that reset in your life so that God can do that very thing and bring balance back to your life. So let me just invite you this week to try Sabbath. Give Sabbath a try. Pick some time, say, you know what? Today we're gonna try six hours. As a family, we're just gonna spend six hours enjoying each other and enjoying God. And maybe in that six hours, you have a meal, a favorite meal. Maybe you do that on Sundays now. Maybe you move your favorite meal to Sundays and you eat together. Maybe you invite some people over. You can invite your pastor over, he'll come and we'll have a meal together. And we'll just talk about the cool things that God's doing. And we'll say, thank you, God. Like, what would that look like for your family to remind yourselves of the blessings, to strengthen your family, to make God and your family an important part, so important that you give so much time every Sunday to it. God didn't just do it for kicks. Like God didn't just say, oh, that'll be fun. I'll throw him a, a, a curveball. We'll say Sabbath. He did it for a reason because he knew that you needed it, that you needed supernatural rest, not just physical rest, but spiritual rest for your soul. So would you pray with me? Let's pray together. Father God, I thank you for just reminding us of what it means to rest. God, the importance of Sabbath. And God, it is so important. And you created Sabbath for a purpose. And God, we've gotten so far away from practicing it. God, we don't even talk about it. Some of us are hearing it for the very first time today. But Lord, you meant for it, for good, for each of us. You knew that our souls would get weary and tired. And so Jesus came and he reminds us today that he's the Lord of the Sabbath. Another scripture in Matthew, he says, if you'll just come, all those that are weary, if you'll come, I'll give you rest. If you'll kneel before me, if you'll, if you'll be at my feet, I'll give you rest, not just for your physical bodies, but for your souls. So Lord, maybe there's some people here this morning that they've been running from you, Lord. God, they, they, don't, they don't know you, they have no relationship with you, and now they're hearing that you want rest for their lives, and they're like, I wanna know that, God. Like, I wanna be a part of that. I want that rest that we're talking about. I want you to know if that's you this morning, you can have that rest. That Jesus said also in his word, he said, listen, if you'll just believe in your heart that I came and I died on the cross and I rose from the dead, if you'll believe it in your heart and you'll confess it with your mouth, that I'll come and I'll be the Lord of Sabbath and I'll be the Lord of everything in your life. I'll rescue you from living just trying to make it. I'll rescue you from that life and I'll give you a life of hope and peace and purpose and rest. So if that's you this morning, I just invite you to call out to the Lord of the Sabbath and just say, Jesus, I have tried to live my life on my own. I have failed at it miserably. I am tired, I'm hopeless, I'm purposeless, and I'm tired. Would you come and be my Lord and my Savior and give me rest today? And then for the rest of us out here, there's a lot of us that we are running and burning, can burning the candle at both ends and we're tired and we're exhausted and we're short with our 
spouses and our friends and we're angry and always negative and always grumpy. God never created us to be that way. And today he's inviting you to partake in Sabbath, to experience this supernatural rest. And it's up to you. Do you have to do it? No, you don't have to do it. But God wants it for you because he knew, he knew that you would try and burn the candle at both ends. And he knew that you would get grumpy and he knew that you would get angry and negative. And he's like, listen, I don't want that for you. So if you'll just give me a day, if you'll just give me a day, I'll give you a week's worth of rest in one day. I'll restore your soul. I'll make you joy-filled and not angry. I'll give you patience like you've never had before. If you'll just come and experience Sabbath. Lord, would you come and maybe speak to our hearts now? Maybe give some people some courage to try Sabbath out during this month. We love you, Lord. Thanks for loving us in the many ways, many ways that you do. In your name we pray, amen. So as we stand up to worship today, maybe you need to just come and maybe you need to just start Sabbath right here at the altars. Maybe you just need to come and say, God, I'm tired. My soul's tired, my soul's heavy, and I need some rest. Just come. Our house is your house. These altars are your altars. You come and pray. Maybe you wanna say yes to Jesus. Maybe you just come and pray and say, God, would you be my Lord and Savior? That's all it is. It's not hard. It's not challenging. It's just come, Lord, and be my Lord and Savior, and then let's figure out how to live life together. So you come as you're ready uh, as we worship the Lord.